0: Welcome back to Legend of the Glorio Heroes. You're listening to episode 33 of the Premier hot takes and reaction and recap podcast for the legendary 1988 science fiction OVA. Here at Legend of the Glorio Heroes, we're all friends. Mm-hmm. The best of friends. Best friends. You know, n- nothing will ever become between us. They,
1: they, they call us the twin stars of the Glorio blog.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, you are listening to the dulcet tones of... Uh, of the twin stars of the glorio blog i am <laughs> god uh remind remind me that we should try to introduce ourselves that way the next uh glorio chat podcast uh-huh uh as always i am your good reliable friend and host g and with me my friendly co-host who will never betray me in my darkest hour ero i'm still
1: here uh Definitely won't betray you.
0: Yes, yes. I, I, we are. T- you know. Uh, I think that. Uh, this week we are talking about a, a very friendly trio of episodes here. You know, just everybody getting along. Nobody just. Mm-hmm. Nobody is popping off for the pettiest of reasons. Nobody is being a big dumb fucking idiot, getting mad at the way somebody phrased their text messages. <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, These three uh, episodes are a lot, folks. Yeah, episodes
1: 93, For Pride. Episode 94, Rebellion is a Hero's Privilege.
0: And episode 95, The Twin Stars Collide. Yes. Uh, in case our, our tone did not tip you off, uh, the, this 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 uh, set of episodes is... Uh, if, if last week was kind of setting up, all right, what is going to be the primary central conflict of season four i think these three episodes are kind of this season's basically it's setting up the players right it's 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 both sides kind of putting their pieces on the board and we are Mm -hmm. about to see them clash in some very interesting and likely tragic ways in In the near future but uh, yeah, so episode 90, <clears throat> excuse me, episode 93 opens up with Reunthal getting the news of uh, the prior episode of the assassination attempt of Lutz's death and uh, Reinhard's, uh absence from the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Reunthal kind of initially taking this relatively rationally, I'd say, right? Like initially he's like, Mm-hmm. initially it's like pretty competent Roenthal right he's right. He's, he's, like, just, he's like if I
1: can meet the Kaiser in person I can we can talk this out and uh, it'll be okay uh, right
0: so let's go find him let's get let's escort him back here uh, we are informed that Grillpalser from the uh, the Empire or is Grillpalser with Roenthal at the sp- uh,
1: Bergengrun's here at the Berger's moment here,
0: my bad yes uh, uh, they did they mentioned offhand that grill palser is sent from the empire from 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 uh to go check out urovasi uh, yes and but, uh, i actually did get it mixed up here in my notes so initially roenthal gets the news of Reinhard was almost assassinated he's gone missing but then later he gets a second missive that tells that him lutz died
1: lutz. in uh protecting the kaiser
0: and now here is where roenthal starts right. to pop off and here's where he's like oh
1: if lutz died that means the situation is a lot more intense
0: than i thought and i can no longer just apologize right roenthal realizes that the situation has already taken a like a dramatic turn for the worse because knowing the kind of guy Reinhardt so, is on he- roenthal's turf oh yes yes it happens on roenthal in roenthal's territory the thing i was going to say is the thing roenthal realizes that like because of the kind of man Reinhard is, Reinhard almost gets assassinated but overall nobody gets hurt other than a couple dozen like, you know, soldiers. Mm-hmm. Like that's a Reinhard you can like go up to and be like, "Hey, I'm real sorry this happened." A Reinhard who loses one of his best admirals is a Reinhard that's a lot more difficult to apologize to. Yes. And Renthal realizes that if he wanted to make up with Reinhard, he'd have to bow and scrape a lot closer to the floor to mm-hmm. be forgiven and Roethol's kind of done with this shit uh-huh. like like Reutel basically goes on a rant about how he shouldn't have to be the one who has to apologize like he should not have to right. be the one who has to debase his own honor and pride to 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 earn Reinhardt's mercy that he hasn't done anything wrong mm-hmm. and to be fair to Roethol by bare technicality <laughs>
1: Uh He hasn't
0: done anything wrong yet. (laughs) But, uh... He starts saying a lot of wrong things uh, from here.
1: He doesn't mind apologizing to the Kaiser, but, uh, he doesn't mind being a traitor, uh, but he refuses to be set up as a traitor. Yes,
0: Roenthal is being his most Roenthal ass out here. Mm -hmm. Just, like, shouting about how (laughs) it's not fair. Essentially, he's complaining that it's not fair that he's being accused of treason right. when he hasn't been of treason I've already, treason been,
1: I've already been, confu- been accused of treason once. How dare I be accused of treason a
0: second time? Yes. And and Bergengrunn, bless Bergengrunn, who is, you know, turning out to be, like, you know, maybe the young with the clipboard of Roenthal's camp, yes. is, like, pleading with Roenthal to still try and talk his way out of this, that like, we'll, look, we'll go to Reinhardt, we'll present our evidence, we'll denounce, like, Lang and Oberstein, and, like, it's all gonna work out. Like, you just gotta explain yourself, and, like, like you know, Lutz dying is a tragedy, but don't worry, like, Reinhardt will hear you out. And, and right though, like, pops off again, because he's, like apologize like like bow to the kaiser when that human disguised as vermin named hydric <laughs> Lang is still like in the kaiser's good graces like why i refuse sh- yeah, why should i have to apologize and oh my god just roithol is being such a fucking drama queen mm-hmm. uh, he he calls in job trunit uh basically well doesn't <laughs> It's got this whole like, even like
1: he says he's got. I'm gonna call and Job through, and then we get this extremely
0: lengthy flashback slash dream sequence. Yes, it's so much. <laughs> extremely like, lengthy. Yes, it's it's extremely Royenthal too. <laughs> like. For those of you who have not watched that episode back in season one in a while of Roenthal's ridiculous backstory, this scene basically serves as a reminder that Roenthal's childhood was ridiculous in every possible way, and that Mm -hmm. Roenthal like there's a scene where Roenthal is like 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 reminiscing about the times he's like talked with Mittermeier and about the the time that like Roenthal maybe might have accidentally insulted Mittermeier's wife and that mm-hmm. Roenthal didn't realize till later but Roenthal's too prideful to apologize right. so he just like gives him like, a of Reunth- flowers Reun- to Bittermeier's wife.
1: Roenthal is like envious that Bittermeier has a happy family
0: because yeah. uh, he's, he's never been a part of a happy family ever Yes, and then Roythal, like, music that maybe, could it, could he possibly one day have a happy life? Right. And while, that's the, the, while he is saying that piece of dialogue, a naked Elfried runs Run across, across the screen, <laughs> and right. it's just, oh my god, the fucking, this is what I was talking about last week. The Empire just runs on completely different rules than the rest of the galaxy, and it's, it's so much, it's so much, uh no. <sighs> and uh like there's 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 another part of this dream sequence where he's like like where he's like oh like and and if i were to apologize and uh, all these people would look down on me like <laughs> reinhard and kirky eyes and lutz and the other admirals <laughs> and, and these myself. women in dresses <laughs> right, and these random women <laughs> And then, most importantly, Mittermeier. No, and oh my god, it's <laughs> uh, it's 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 so much. It's so much, and, uh-huh.
1: and uh huh. And he's always like felt shocked that uh that uh <clears throat> even though Reinhard was so much so much younger than him, that Reinhard had the ambition to tear down the aristocracy
0: yeah uh. and uh so with all of this you know like essentially Roenthal, like <sighs> through this dream sequence arrives at the conviction that uh that you know what fine fine if if they want if they accuse me of being a traitor if they want if they want if they, want, if they I'll need just their, be a fucking. i'll,
1: just be a fucking I'll traitor. play
0: the role for them i will be the monster they are all convinced i am and if in the process I can also put a bullet in Lang and Oberstein, then all the better. Like mm-hmm. fuck it, I'll I'll do it. Like I was always thinking about doing it. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it now. I'll do it now because I'm done apologizing. I didn't even have the Kaiser's
1: permission. He told me so. It's season 1.
0: Yes, and it's ridiculous. Like the 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 fucking mental loopholes <laughs> like that 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 Reinhard jumps through, I mean not Reinhard, Reinhold jumps through to arrive at the conclusion that yes, treason is the only way out of this tragic yeah. misunderstanding. It, w- it would be discourte- it would be discouraged the to Kaiser to not
1: to not come at the point and,
0: and and it speaks so much to like like despite everything reinhardt has done to like re- re- revamp and revise the empire it really speaks to how deeply ingrained empire culture is in the empire like, like mm-hmm. the old the old golden bomb culture is embedded in these people they cannot escape it like the pride that they are slaves to and I think we'll get into that a little bit more after we see mm-hmm. Reinhard's side of well, when we also see the mental fucking loopholes <laughs> that Reinhard jumps through. We will, we will, we will talk about like the ways like Empire culture has perhaps doomed like this yes. this regime. But um we get yeah, shocked so of everyone reacting to the
1: news, yeah. Uh, so
0: Reinhild makes it official, I guess. Like he, he basically like. Is this the part where he sends out the, like, letter that's, that's the basically start of the next episode. Okay, okay.
1: But uh, they, it's, it shows all the admirals going like, hmm. Or Bittenfield's, like, nodding. Yeah. Because they, as the show says, there was a... It was shocking, but there was a sense of inevitability that this would
0: happen. I don't know. For me, I I suspect Bittenfield was just nodding because Bittenfield's too dumb to understand the situation. But by keeping his uh, mouth a, a shut fight. and nodding...
1: Mm. Like, like, i can look cool this like, way
0: yes everybody's like oh bittenfield man even bittenfield is, is stoic in a situation <laughs> get, like this uh, we get a shot of
1: lang looking at his reflection and licking his lips going <laughs> 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 like,
0: <laughs> yes as if you needed more confirmation that lang is a fucking monster in human shape yes just licking his lips like a fucking cartoon villain um
1: Mittermeier's yeah, not and, happy, though.
0: Yes. Mittermeier, however, is fucking pissed about this news. Indeed. Um, uh, just like t- kind of t- a little
1: bit taking it out on his staff, you know, like.
0: Yeah. As he did, like, you know, just like he did last time, Roenthal was accused of treason. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. So we. Really, the main thing you take away from this scene is uh screaming Roenthal's name <laughs> into the heavens. <laughs> is, again, God, the Empire is so much.
1: Um, and uh, job. Now we get to Job trunic showing up.
0: Yes, Oof, this is a slimy motherfucker. <laughs> and, and we get this great bit where Roenthal is like kind of grilling Job Trunet. and like Roenthal Reunth- like with the most fucking backhanded like compliment of all time. Roenthal's like well, Mr. Trunet, like, if I was being charitable, I assume that every selfish, greedy, horrible thing you've done in the name of destroying democracy was done because you hope one day you will serve as, (laughs) like, a warning Uh, of what not to do in a democracy. Like, I hope that's actually the real, real plan and not that you're actually just as horrible as you seem. And Job Trunet is like, actually, no, I'm as horrible as you think I am. <laughs> and just, Reunthal is disgusted by how shameless this fucking rat-think motherfucker is. Uh-huh. Um, to the point where Reunthal's like, well, don't worry, Job. I still have one more job for you. And orders Job Truno to be detained uh-huh. because Reunthal has a plan for the Iserlone Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, he... One way or another, as we suspected, the Israel Republic is going to get dragged into this war. And Roenthal's plan is that he is going to send a letter to the Israel Republic telling them that uh, if he prevents the Empire from passing through the Israel Corridor, uh, not only will he give them the entirety of the former FPA territories back to them, he will also deliver to them uh, Job Trunit. Yeah, and uh, Which is a very, very tasty bit of bait. You know, cannot be denied. But, uh, you know, and, and we are left kind of wondering how uh, the Israelone Republic will respond to that.
1: Yeah, and we cut to uh, the writings of one Julian Mincy at Iserlund on yes. his, and his musings on uh, Oscar von Roenthal, the, uh, the man of extraordinary genius, uh, but also guilty of high treason.
0: Yes, kind of talking about how you know in any other time hell in the old era of the golden bomb dynasty Royenthal could have become like right one of their greatest leaders but that he, he was had to he be would born in yeah. the era
1: he would be great even in the the Lohengram dynasty if he showed up three generations later as someone who would you know bring great prosperity to the system as it is at
0: the time right but like the roythel that exists here and now in the founding of the lowengram dynasty Mm -hmm. like perhaps and perhaps in some ways he was doomed to come into conflict with reinhardt like when you have when when you have a star when you have a star that shines that brightly to the point where it competes with the main star of the show Mm -hmm. like you know it will inevitably they will inevitably come to clash in a way that in many ways, is is central to their personalities. Like, this could... Not to say this was inevitable, right? We talked about historical contingency a while ago. yeah. And perhaps this rebellion could have been avoided, but because of their personalities, and hell, it's not even because of their personalities, right? It's also because of the actions of others acting behind the scenes, yes. like Rubinsky and Lange, and to a certain extent, Oberstein. You know, in many ways, that's kind of what was Kirky Eyes' greatest trait, right? Was that Kirky Eyes was, in many ways, just as talented as Reinhardt, but he was built of the very like he he came from the very specific type of personality archetype that was <laughs> fine to be in the background yes. you know and that's kind of a rare that's kind of a rare type of person if i'm being honest like the type of person who is like exceedingly competent at their job but also very humble about it mm-hmm. in many ways this is what we say when we say Kirky Eyes was literally too good for this universe. Uh-huh. We'll never be good enough for Kirky Eyes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so we kind of we finally cut to uh, Reinhardt and the Brunhilde. Yes. Finally, we see what they've been up to. So it turns out that the Brunhilde was kind <laughs> of isolated up, from... Yeah. What they've been up
1: to is drifting through space for a few weeks.
0: <sighs> yes, yes. They have been cut off from all communications to avoid detection. Uh, what we find out is that essentially... For better or worse, what this did was allow Reinhardt to basically stew in his yeah his feelings about what just happened without any input from any outside influence, which turns out is a bad thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And uh, meantime, Grill Palser has been sent to uh, investigate what the hell happened on Uruvasi.
0: Yes, and we also finally get to see those... uh yeah the paratroopers from like the second op or something <laughs> Paratrooping like, in. yes yes the guys who don't have power armor uh kind of just landing oh, but they out do, what they do what they do have armor.
1: is laser tanks
0: yes they do have some fucking gi joe ass laser tanks which is very good <laughs> um so yeah grill Palser is investigating what happened on uravasi we find out that uh think his name was a uh, winkler winker yeah, whatever. yeah. winkler uh the, the, the guy who was in charge of Ravasi was some kind of crazy drug addict which as we know about the earth cult and their methods uh yes. certainly implies some things going on here and uh also
1: like the the when interrogating the soldiers under
0: him they're all like no, we were the good guys. Litz and Mueller were the ones brainwashed by the Earth right. cult. We, we get some contrarian, contradictory uh, information from mm-hmm. these people.
1: But and, a lot of the soldiers were carrying uh, Earth cult like scriptures and items.
0: Yes, yes. And we get just the, the subtlest, slightest of facial twitches in Grillpalser mm-hmm. as he is revealing this news. Yes. And, and the notes that Grillpaulzer oh, didn't
1: report that uh, Earth cult stuff was found among the soldiers. Yeah,
0: he chose to obfuscate that information. And Grillpaulzer is fucking Earth cult. He's in on it. Is 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 Girl a fucking Earth cult sleeper agent or he some is. shit? Like he totally is. Like holy shit! <laughs> 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 like oh man, of all the things that this show could throw at us, it's here, interesting. Just trying to make <laughs> yeah, it's been all He's long cool. probably He's cool. He's cool. He's cool. the one who's interested in, in in astronomy I think so I always get the two mixed up but I think you're right but uh but yeah so turns out girl are maybe up to his own shit mm-hmm. and uh so anyways finally Wallen Wallen's fleet finds reinhard uh we find out that reinhard is very much not in a ver- very forgiving mood anymore mm-hmm. and uh, kind of with that we kind of end uh the first yeah. episode
1: uh, history is
0: accelerating yes yes not more than six months after young when lee's death we are already oh my god hurtling i don't think it's into, even three months I, you're right like we are just on another collision course just the way this show operates like ride hard will have Done everything that life has to offer before he is 30 at yeah. this rate. <laughs>
1: uh yeah, and so episode 94 opens with uh Reinhard uh speaking to Mettermeyer and basically yeah. saying, I'm going to order you to fight against reinthal and in accordance with in respect for your friendship, I will allow you to I will allow you to to uh Refuse orders at this one
0: time. Yeah, kind of a. Initially, it's interesting because initially. Right. Initially. I at this and I was like, oh, Reinhardt is. Reinhardt's actually pre- pre- being pretty magnanimous here. Like He understands that like there is a deeply personal stake here in this conflict, and that despite the fact that Mittermeier is one of his best admirals, it's, there's no point in sending a good admiral into the fight if he is not willing to put his whole heart into it. Right. Like, All right, Reinhardt being pretty like aware of the situation here but the way Reinhardt reacts to what Mittermeier says next I think actually reveals Reinhardt's true colors in this uh in this conversation yeah
1: Mittermeier just like can we not (laughs) (laughs) fight Roenthal yes I'll give you back every like I will
0: resign I will do anything right Mittermeier says he will basically do anything to to convince Reinhardt to not and that's he's not even saying convince Reinhardt to not fight this war just to talk to Royenthal, like mm-hmm. like begs him he says he will do anything like he will he will resign he will give up like he will dedicate every victory to Reinhardt for the rest of his life he will serve him loyally until death if just this one time he will listen to him and Reinhardt mm-hmm. <laughs> is angry Hearing how dare this. you ask me to change my mind? Right. He is indignant. Like, he, 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 yeah, like you said, Eero, he is, he's basically, he's basically like, how dare you? How dare you ask me to do this? And. It's my you fault. That, not my fault. Right. Reinhardt also says, why should I, the Kaiser who has done, I, the Kaiser who was almost assassinated, I was almost shot, I lost one of my best admirals, why should I have to be the one who goes groveling to his subordinate? And. This is, and when you contrast this with the with last week's uh, uh-huh. internal like monologue with Roythal, you realize, oh, the real reason why this conflict is inevitable isn't just because of the machinations of Lang and Rubinsky. It's also because Reinhard and Reithal, on a personal level, are too damn prideful to step back. Mm-hmm. Like they, the, the cloth that those two are cut from prevents them from seeing the more peaceful rational way out of this like despite the fact that both men are unbelievably talented and competent and good at their jobs there are things about the way they are built as people that they cannot escape from
1: yeah and um Even though Mittermeier brings up how last time Reinhardt was accused of treason, it was a plot, and that you trust you trusted him then, like, why not now? It's basically because, like, Lutz died, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's because now Reinhardt has an emotional stake in it. Like, mm-hmm. And the thing is that we know, we, the viewers, know that Reinhardt von Lohengram, the Golden Emperor, the founder of the Golden Age of of the Empire, blah, blah, blah... He is not nearly as perfect and splendorous as he seems, right? He is petulant. He is bratty. And he is, most importantly, like, emotional, impetuous, like, fiery. And we see that here where, like, we see that here in the contrast between when Reinhardt opens this conversation, right, with, oh, Reinhardt, uh, Mittermeier, my most trusted general, admiral, like, I will give you this one chance to refuse my orders, right? That is golden emperor. Reinhard von Lohengram. Right. Reinhard here ranting about <laughs> how like it's not fair that he should have to be the one he should have to be the better man, he should have to be the bigger man. This is the real Reinhardt. Right. This is the Reinhardt Ready, that Reinhardt. intrinsically prevent Yes, this is the Reinhard that intrinsically, intrinsically prevents him from creating like the true golden age a man of his talents could create if he were not so like emotionally unhinged. Yeah. And Minermeyer like Argues that like this is clearly a plot, like right, like 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 Reinhard, like because because like you know hell Reinhardt said it himself when they were being chased in the limousine, like this assassination plot is too shoddy to be Reinhardt's. And Minerva himself argues like this must be Lang, like we know Lang is shady, He's up to something, and Lang works for Oberstein. Like mm-hmm. like even if they didn't actively pull the trigger, they. Are undeniably involved in this somehow. We should investigate them, like because remember, Reinhard, like Reinhard's whole thing is that he's like den- specifically denouncing Oberstein and and Lange. and that like think about it, like that's where all of his rage, like right, Reinhard's rage isn't even directed at Reinhardt. It is directed at the people that serve him. And, and Minermire's like, please, just, like, you don't even need to kill them. Just demote them. If you demote like, Oberstein take and Take away Lang, their power to influence this meeting, basically. Like, r- if you do that, that will satisfy Roenthal enough to at least be convinced... Come to the table, yeah. To come to the table. And and here's where we... Here's where, like... I, don't, Ryan, I don't, Like... I don't, straight like,
1: up, like, fucking... How dare you claim they have more influence than I do?
0: <laughs> right. Like he claims that, but because of that pride, he ends up defending Oberstein and Lang. Like Reinhardt literally goes to bat for Hydric Lang in this conversation. I, mean, I think it's less going back
1: to bat for them and more saying, "How dare you like say that my appointments
0: have any
1: more influence than I do?"
0: Right, but like that's the thing. Like that's the thing. Reinhard is too prideful to admit they have influenced his rule. Right, like remember, Reinhardt actually, did not I tried not-
1: to I tried demote two, two high ranking guys
0: to bring back one who
1: is who's rebelled. Right.
0: right, like Reinhardt's pride refuses, like uh, prevents him from seeing that, like, like that. Oberstein and Lang's appointment have influenced his empire. I mean, hell, Reinhardt didn't even hire Lang. Remember, Oberstein hired Lang. Like, Oberstein hired Lang kind of in secret, and then That's right, somehow. Somehow Lang started walking around in public, and Reinhardt was like, "Well, that was Oberstein's." Right. Well, I mean, like, o- Oberstein is
1: remember over like we th- all we keep thinking of Oberstein as the, like that fucking snake Oberstein, but he's on the same rank as Reinhard Thalheimer.
0: Yes, yes, and like we we see time and time again that Reinhardt is not ignorant of Oberstein's reputation amongst his other admirals, mm-hmm. but like also Oberstein has never done anything publicly that could like. Like Oversight's done a very good job these last four seasons of like staying out of the spotlight and letting other people take the hit. But um I feel like this line here where uh you know, Mittermeyer's saying he'll
1: he'll resign alongside Oberside and Lang to uh you know as a recompense, basically. And yeah, like he
0: is basically like, Mittermeyer is <clears throat> saying he will give everything he has that he ha- that he owns to Reinhardt to and convince Reinhard, him and Reinhard's like
1: oh you're saying you're gonna retire in your 30s i never thought one of our finest admirals would take
0: the path of young when lee and it's like it just <laughs> Reinhardt's getting really like petulant here like he's just getting so like petty and shitty in this conversation and it reminds you that like oh right like this is like this is the real reinhardt not that like reinhardt isn't capable of compassion and empathy and like rational thinking but like when it really gets down to it, this is the part of Reinhardt that takes over when he is pushed into a corner. Yeah. And the conversation kind of just ends inconclusively. Like, Mittermeier Mittermeier, realizes he cannot convince... I mean, mean, yes. So I mean, yes. What I mean is that, like, Mittermeier bends the knee. He says that even if he cannot convince Reinhardt, he will still serve him. And you can tell this really hurts Mittermeier. Mm -hmm. But, like, we also know that this is the choice Mittermeier always would have made. Like, he is... He is an he, he he is a he is a he is a Reinhard man through and through, and he will serve regardless. And yep. And uh,
1: this is when Reinthal's like an official declaration goes out, uh, sent to the imperial government, not to, right, not, not, to not to the to Kaiser. Reinhard, yes, uh, saying that <clears throat> taking advantage of a uh, Reinhard, that Oberstein and Lang are you know. Exerting too much influence over the government, purging, yes. purging the people unnecessarily, and that uh if necessary, Rointhal will put forth whatever means to uh to remove them.
0: Yes. So again, Rointhal continues to like this is interesting. This this is an interesting pink thing because there are a lot of various factors come into play. Yes. So I guess the first thing we'll say is that Reinhardt this makes this letter makes Reinhardt even more mad. Right. Because it's not even the contents of the letter that he hates but it is the way they are phrased and presented. Right? right? Like this goes all the way back. This goes all the way back. Like if we want to talk about the power of phrasing, this goes all the way back to season 1 where the emp- the empire calls the FPA the rebels, right? Right, yeah. Like the power of language, the power of phrasing to influence how a culture perceives like a concept. Roenthal is not doing this accidentally. He is addressing the imperial government and not Reinhardt because he's trying to make a statement here. And also, he focuses the majority of his ire in this written letter to Oberstein and Lang because he knows that if he were to accuse Reinhard of anything, that would garner him no sympathy, right? Largely, yeah. people are loyal to Reinhard. But a lot of people really fucking hate Oberstein and Lang. And mm-hmm. so if he directs his like letter towards like the wrong like the, the 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 misdeeds of those two that earns him more sympathy from the rest of the empire because look reinhardt's a great guy but everybody knows overstein and lang are up to some fucking shady shit yep but uh also but also this the way this is raised like it pisses reinhardt off because to reinhardt this is an insult to his authority Yes. Right, the way Reinhart phrases like, this letter—when
1: well, did I let Oberstein and Lang influence my decisions? Like, if I if I listened to them, then I wouldn't have appointed Reinthal
0: as governor of Noe Right, like he is furious because the implications of the letter imply, oh, in some way, Oberstein and Lang are influencing me above their station. And if there's anything Reinhard hates, it's having his authority questioned. Mm-hmm. Which you know like some might say is a uh, number one on the list of like you know like red yeah. lights like red su- like, like 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 red lights for uh for for, traits for an autocratic of, ruler <laughs> yes of a despot of a tyrant is uh getting indignant and defensive of having their authority questioned this is all like when this this is all happening, and in the meantime, Mittermeier is kind of also kind of coming to his own conclusions about what he has to do, and I kind yeah. of get in some interesting things about culture that I think we in the 21st century maybe get a little confused by, but I think that the more you think about it, I think the more it like really speaks to like how like this is what good fiction does mm-hmm. is make you realize like what can be interesting about examining other other cultures is that. Mittermeier arrives at the conclusion that he, the reason why he decided to bend the knee to to Reinhardt and agree to fight Roenthal is because he believes that he has to be the one who fights Roenthal, because if he doesn't, Reinhardt will be disgraced, and in relationship the Lone Grom Dynasty could be disgraced by this precedent right, if like the
1: great, perfect Kaiser uh you know, Reinhard von Lohengram has to dirty his own hands to deal with the supposed traitor.
0: Like, it doesn't it doesn't look good. Right, it doesn't reflect well on his authority because the thing is, like, as much as we all love, you know, look, we all love an anime when the final boss dude is <laughs> like, all right, I guess I have to deal with you myself, you know, takes off the gloves, uh-huh. unbuttons their shirt, goes Wh- for- goes- it off. Right, goes full Senator Armstrong on you, you know? Mm-hmm. Like... Full Shugusawa. Everybody, Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. Everybody loves that in a good... Everybody loves that in a video game, in an anime, in a piece of fiction, when the guy at the top is also the biggest ass-kicker, and they finally step down from their throne and unsheath their sword or whatever, cracks their knuckles. Yeah. We love it. But... that in 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 a society in in, in, a government
1: because you've already wiped out all of their forces
0: right right like the idea is like in an actual functioning government it's a very bad look if the ruler of a nation has to fight because that implies a not only a sense of desperation but also a sense of of necessity for the survival of the nation like time and time again in history we actually see that like Rebellions are usually put down by generals, not emperors. And the reason for this is because it's not just a practicality thing, because you, know, you in the old days, it'd be a real bad idea to have the emperor on the front, front lines. But also, the idea is that like it is important for a ruler to portray rebellions as petty, as insignificant, as tiny. So Reinhard, who sees Reunthal rebelling, waves his hand daintily, and Mittermeier puts down the rebellion. That implies... Yeah. Or pulls an Eisenach. Yes. That implies, that implies in the cultural, in, in, in the cultural, like, percept, perception of the event that, oh, Roenthal's rebellion was so tiny, so weak, so insignificant. Reinhardt barely paid any attention to it. He put it down like it was nothing. But a Reinhardt who has to actually take to the field and put down Roenthal, that implies, wait, does that mean Roenthal was actually almost equal to you? Like was Reutel such a threat that you actually had to fight him like face to face on equal terms? Right. Because then, what does that say about you as a ruler if you are pushed to that degree? Right. So, they say it's
1: like they specifically note that's different from going against Yang Li, who is you know like the leader of a foreign foreign
0: body, right. And, and like, yes, and that's the thing. Like, against a foreign body, you actually maybe want the ruler to be there because that's more glory for him, right? Mm-hmm. If Reinhardt is personally there and personally defeats Young Wen Li, that's an accolade in the history book that belongs to him. But when it comes to rebellions, like, you know, it's it's if we go back to our constant uh Legend of the Galactic Heroes takes place at a 7-Eleven <laughs> analogy, like essentially what has happened here, right, is like Roenthal is like chilling in the parking lot and Reinhard is about to go check out Roenthal's sweet new ride but on the way there he like stops to fill up on gas and the earth Cult come and slashes tires said, and then they like write in like, turf. They write in like yes yes they write graffiti Roenthal was here <laughs> and Reinhard gets hella pissed about this he's like fuck Roenthal you son of a bitch Meanwhile, Royanthal hears about this, and he's like, he's like, what? No! I. How dare... Everyone knows my signature is that Royanthal was right. here. Royanthal would be the kind of guy who'd be like, I didn't slash Reinhardt's tires, but I would if I could. And like, everybody hears that, and like, oh shit, maybe Royanthal actually did do it. Uh-huh. And then what happens here is Royanthal sends a text message to Reinhardt that's like, I didn't do it. It was over Stein and Lang, but also you kind of suck. And Reinhardt's I'm not paying, like, I'm
1: "Not paying for your tire." <laughs> right, I'm not
0: paying for your tires. And Reinhardt's like, "That bastard! How dare he!" Like, I'll have him destroyed. But he can't. He can't. He can't look that. He can't look that way publicly. So and like, so so Reinhardt like Reinhardt's DMs are furious right now. His DMs to Mittermeier. His DMs to 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 Mueller is, like, Reinhardt is furious, He's he could barely spell correctly, it's all emojis, very angry, yeah, lots of volcanoes, right. he's very mad, but, like, publicly, publicly Reinhardt has to be like, like, man, that asshole slashed my tires. Yeah, Reinhardt has, has to keep it cool publicly, he's gotta be like, I'm not mad. I got, I, I, guess, got I guess I'll just, uh, I'll just, oh no, I guess I'll just put on my new tires. Right, I'll get my new tires, and I'll have, I'll send Mitterbeier to go beat up Roy. I don't need to do it, I don't need to worry like because Reito, I mean not Reito, Reinhard in this analogy, he must appear cool at all times. Uh-huh. If he ever loses his cool in public, he has already lost his authority. And so that's kind of what we're seeing here with why Mittermeier has to be the one who uh who fights Reito first. And uh however, before all this, but but before we get to that fight, Mittermeier also recognizes there's some other business he's also got to uh-huh. take care of. And we see kind of a a dark shade cast over Mittermeier all of a sudden. Like, yeah. Mittermeier has just convinced himself to commit some dark deeds that he believes are necessary to save the Empire.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh. Meanwhile, Lang meets Overstein in his office, and. You know, Lang's like, uh, oh, I guess Roy and Thales showed his true colors.
0: Right. I'm glad man. we
1: were so suspicious of him this whole time, right? Right?
0: Right? right? Yes, and. Oh, yes. And then Oberstein is like, chill. <laughs> you don't have beef with Roythal, right? Yeah, and Lang is like, I don't know why Roythal dislikes me. I, I don't have the slightest clue. I certainly don't have a weird vendetta against him. I'm not mad at all. Like, uh-huh. if, if Reinhardt is the master of convincing everybody he's not mad, when in fact he's actually very mad, Lang is the opposite. Lang is the guy who is sweating profusely and, like, Lang is the dude... In, in a Discord chat, who is not mad but responds to all like messages towards him within a minute of receiving them, like <laughs> like like if 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 Reinhardt's the dude who responds to a message that pisses him off, he responds to it like two hours later, like Reinhardt's like oh I just saw this uh not mad blah 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 right. Nah. Whereas Lang is the dude who like when something pisses him off, he is like responding within the minute, insisting he's not mad, but we all know that dude's mad as hell yep. and Oberstein is like, well, it's a good I, thing. You don't yeah. have any beef with Roy Roynthal because you're coming with me. If uh, I have to meet so- him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm going on a business trip to meet with Royenthal and I need you there with me. And Lang's like, "Ha, uh, uh, I'm out uh, later. <laughs> right. He's literally like, uh, you have to, uh, you have to talk to my boss. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like, it's it's literally like oh my god it's like it's uh not to not to immediately date this podcast, but it's 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 like it's 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 like the steamed hams thing in The Simpsons where Lang is principal skinner and like he is just like uh uh, uh It just fucking literally jumps out the window. Yeah, <laughs> like he's just, bails the hell out of there like with barely an explanation uh, but uh
1: just outside he uh runs right into uh fleet admiral midtermire
0: yes and uh, Mittermeier is uh <laughs> angry
1: Mittermeier.
0: there's a fucking there's a fury in midtermire's eyes have we seen
1: angry midtermire like, like, this,
0: this is the angriest i've ever seen Mittermeier, and like you if, you can feel, off, if you pissed off Mittermeier... <laughs> you know you fucked up. Like, like you can understand... Like, think about it from Mittermeier's perspective. Like, he just had to fucking deal with an angry Reinhardt. Mm-hmm. He just got home, and all he wants to do is fuck his wife. Mm-hmm. He is now forced to fight his best friend. And the reason he's forced to fight his best friend is because of this rat-fink motherfucker named hydric lang and fat bald son of a bitch who flicks yes. his lips in the mirror yes yes like the fucking caricature of an evil bureaucrat and we see that Mittermeier is not like just angry we see Mittermeier is fucking armed he's about he's to a- just fucking shoot Lang in the face yes he's got the pistol out finger on the trigger <laughs> he's literally ready to just bust a cap and lay right here and now in the middle of this office right outside, right outside of Overstein's office <laughs> like ready to just fucking kill him right here and there, Mitterbeier is just like, I don't give a fuck what happens to me I don't care about the consequences I don't care, like if I could put you in the dirt like, I don't care what history remembers me as, as long as they remember that I fucking killed Hydric Lang and. As much as we were all rooting for for this to happen, uh-huh. um, Kessler, Kessler, Kessler you in. know, yes, yeah, steps in. Old Kessler, who hasn't had a speaking role in this show in like uh-huh. long, time. I don't know, like ten episodes, shows up and he uh, puts a stop to this. He,
1: it's his job to, to to put a stop to this kind of thing.
0: Yes, also because I think Kessler is by bare technicality Lang's uh, direct superior. Yeah, I think yeah, internal affairs, and Kessler is like you know I mean look we've all watched a, we've all watched a police procedural mm-hmm. where the hotshot by cop, the books right angry for revenge is about to kill the kill the suspect but without him being arrested and Kessler here is, is here to be the good cop who's like nah like we can't do that like what kind of precedent would it set if admirals could just start murdering bureaucrats in cold blood like uh-huh. like we got to do this by the books we. We'll arrest him the right way. Like, we'll find some dirt on him. A guy like Lang can't hide everything. Yeah. Just and like he's saying that like, believe me, I'll do everything in my power to to deal with Lang. Just Please don't just murder <laughs> him here in public. I have a
1: minor story to tell about this moment because okay. way, back, way, way back when Kessler first appeared in like episode like 14, I was like thinking to myself, that dude's probably voiced Like, that dude's voice is familiar. So I was looking up his voice, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw a spoiler that said, like, and then Lang, uh, then, like, Kessler stopped Mittermeyer from killing, and I closed the tab. But I saw, (laughs) I thought it, but Lang and Yang are one letter off. Oh, man. <laughs> so, oh, wow. For this That's... entire show, I was waiting for Mittermeier to have young Lee at his mercy, and for some <laughs> reason, Kessler Kessler's... would stop him. And I was like, Oh, wow. And so, like, 10 episodes ago, Yangwin Lee dies. And right, I'm like, Well, hey, right. what about Kessler stopping Mittermeier? <laughs> and it didn't. It didn't connect at all until we're in the middle of watching this. Oh, and I finally realized what you (laughs) Oh,
0: it was like this is what you got spoiled on. That's a really interesting. What like what a weirdly random but interesting thing to get spoiled on (laughs) for this show. But um, that's fascinating. Like I, we don't need to get get into it here. Like on things we may have been accidentally spoiled by, you know. But uh. We did have uh, a hundred comments telling us to, to, oh man, you have told
1: you you gotta make sure you watch episode 82! be careful. It's like, all right, guys. Oh, Did they really
0: name drop episode eighty two specifically? Yeah, okay. Some people I, did. All right, I mean, I think by the time we got to episode eighty well, or so, yes, we knew the we writing knew, was yeah. on the wall. So, but Fair. uh... I mean, but yeah, that's that that is interesting though. Like, that's that's really funny. Just. <laughs> I want to imagine the alternate fucking universe where Legend of Galactic Heroes does play out with somehow Mittermeier has cornered Yang in, like, right. a room. cuz I assumed
1: it would be, like, after Reinhard won and, like, Yang Wenli's been detained, right? Oh, and if
0: something <laughs> drives Mittermeier to want to murder Yang <laughs> yeah. Wenli in cold blood. Guess uh, I don't know. And somehow Kessler would play the pivotal role in saving <laughs> Yang's life. Yeah. <laughs> well... <laughs> Let's you know got some happened. of the details right there yeah, yeah. so right. yes castler convinces uh not to do it not to, not to kill know. this uh termite who's wearing the mask of a human being yes uh, uh lang's starting to accumulate as many appellations as yangwen Lee. uh just some very good ones here but uh yeah midtermire backs off and uh and Lang is like fucking like 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 you know getting on his knees and like like oh thank you Kessler you're such a great boss. Kessler takes just, one look at yes. him, doesn't say a word, and just walks away. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, yep. And uh,
1: Hilda goes to meet with Reinhard. Yes. And uh, talk about the current situation. Basically. Yes, he-
0: Yes, even even Hilda is like I mean not that even Hilda. Of course Hilda is like by the way, Overstein and Lang are Yeah. (sighs) Well she's
1: like, well, play inside Overstein, who's technically a (laughs) high-ranking officer and technically above board. Lang's full of shit.
0: Yeah. Like Hilda, even Hilda of all people is advocating that yo, we should do something about Lang. Like Lang needs to be arrested. And Reinhardt, again. You say he's not defending Lang. maybe he's not defending Lang, but Reinhardt is jumping through some weird mental
1: hoops. Reinhardt is like seems to be fully convinced that Lang is not a threat
0: whatsoever. Right. Like Reinhardt says that, oh, I don't need to worry about Lang, because even if he's done some shady shit, Lang oh. Lang doesn't even matter enough to do dangerous things. So there's no need to deal with him. And it's not until Hilda finally shoves a piece of paper in his face. Right. That's like, just read the fucking report, okay? Like,
1: Lutz's report on how Lang orchestrated the bombing where Silverberg died, and that...
0: Right. Uh, well, neither, not that he set up the bomb, but not that... He orchestrated the bombing, but he, he he trumped up the false charges against Baltic. Yes. And then had him assassinated while imprisoned.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Reinhard's like, ah, I was... I can't believe I was protecting the rights of the small-time crook and causing frustration right. for my vassals. But, oh, well, it's too late for Reinhardt. Oh, I'm still going to fuck him
0: up. <laughs> the problem with this entire conversation, this entire scene, is Reinhardt finally realizes how much of a ride he's been taken for by Lang. Like, Reinhardt's pride refused to allow him to believe that someone as insignificant as Lang could influence the way he carries out his leadership. But and he now, yeah. and then he's and, straight up like,
1: well, it's too late for Roenthal. Like yeah. now I now have to do it on
0: Lutz's honor. Right. It's like, think about like how, like what kind of absurd brand of pride, like uh, that you have to be operating on where that is the conclusion you arrive at is not, oh man, Lang pulled the wool over my eyes. Me, Reinhardt, maybe I should think about the people I hire and maybe I should not underestimate the influence they hold on me no, instead I'm just gonna commit to the exact plan that they hatched for me. Uh Like, despite the fact that I now know what their plan is, I'm still gonna go along with it anyways. Like, (sighs) what are you doing, Reinhardt? (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, we also find out that, uh, Hilda might be pregnant? (laughs) Because, of
1: course, the, the empire, the Galactic Empire rules of narrative convenience... Mean that after having sex once,
0: Hilda' is pregnant and yes. has morning sickness. Yes, and she decides she's not gonna tell Reinhardt about this, which... oh God, <laughs> you, look, I don't I, I, I'm not a big watcher of like soap operas and stuff, but I know enough about like fiction to know that like a woman hiding her pregnancy never ends well. It never ends well in fiction, so... Yeah. Oh, Hilda, I wish you were just a little bit more genre-savvy here. But she decides to not say anything. I guess, I don't know what, to not distract Reinhard while he goes to lead his I next guess. war. Oh. But, yeah. I don't know, man. What? If I were Hilda, and, like, telling Reinhard that I'm pregnant could, like, maybe get him to fucking step off even just a little from this war. <laughs> like, that's a dirty trick to play but I'd at least consider it. <laughs> but, uh... And, yeah, speaking uh, of people, you know, nope. trying to get pregnant, I guess, uh... uh Mittermeier, heart. or maybe not Minermire, we're talking about Minermire's wife, but is Mittermeier, not trying to get pregnant, he's trying to get somebody else pregnant. He uh, visits his wife and, yes, uh... says goodbye because he's off to know, another
1: war. Uh, and they hug and kiss and, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine, I'm sure Wrenthal will come to his senses
0: and don't worry i'll be fine it's a it's a very sweet scene if if in many ways if for example if casaloo and his wife are the most enjoyable couple to watch in this show because of their very good verbal jabbing at each other then Mittermeier and Evelyn are probably the sweetest couple in this show just because like on one hand it's a little, it's a little much. How much of a perfect couple they are, but on the other, on the other hand, it's fucking Mittermeier we're talking about. Like, right. of course he would be the textbook perfect husband I in mean, every way.
1: I like the, uh, the old images from that gotcha, from that gotcha that no longer exists. Yes, the Christmas Mittermeier who has yes all the presents, and, yes. and a cake, yes. and her Yeah,
0: <laughs> yes, that is that that is Mittermeier in a nutshell. And uh but Middmeyer's like, ah, don't worry, I'm sure, yeah, like I'm sure it'll be fine. Middermeyer uh-huh. just literally like this scene is essentially Middermeyer taking all the plot armor that he may have accrued over this entire show's run and just tossing it out the window. Like, plot armor, what's that? I don't need it. And uh like it's like it's like did not learn a single goddamn thing from Kempf like all right. those
1: episodes ago. <laughs>
0: At like,
1: least, if can't swear a blood oath
0: against Chong Wen Lee. Yeah, no more. <laughs> the saddest thing, of, <laughs> the most <laughs> fucked up thing about this war is that there will be nobody to swear blood oaths again against, because in all likelihood, they will all be dead by the end of the <laughs> season. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we find out that once again, uh, forty thousand ships and five million men are being mobilized to yep. to fight this war. Uh-huh. And, and yeah, once again, you realize, oh, good. I wonder how many of these men will make it back at the end you of know. this war. And add another war at the end of, you know, let me remind send you 5 million people to their potential deaths on Lutz's yes, honor. On Lutz's honor, on once again, a war Reinhardt could have prevented that he cannot and will not because he is too ridiculous of a human being. Like, I kind of want to get into it here right now, because now we've seen both Reinhardt and Reunthal's side of the story. I feel like if last week, so I'll admit, if last week was me complaining a bit about, like, the type of cosmic causality that the Empire operates on that lets them get away with the most ridiculous bullshit, then I will admit, this is a conflict that feels like it could truly only ever happen in the Empire with people who were born in the Empire yeah and what i mean by that is that the type of personalities that are at play here the type of like the type of like rational quote-unquote rational conclusions that these individuals come to could only ever happen in the empire and this time it's to their detriment i Mm -hmm. this is not to say that the fpa has not fought civil wars right yang has Literally fought what sounds like multiple civil wars in his own goddamn lifetime. So obviously the FPA is not like immune to, to 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 mutiny and 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 disunity. But a conflict like this would never happen in the FPA because of the types of personalities that exist in the FPA. When Yang was accused of not even treason, when Yang was just accused of essentially the FPA leadership saying they didn't like the tone of his voice. What did Yang do? He didn't, like, throw a tantrum. He didn't get indignant. Yang ruefully sighed, took a swig of whiskey, <laughs> and got on that shuttle and went back to Heinesen for questioning. Because yep. that's what a democracy does. Yep. That's what that's what people who believe in a democracy do. The matter of accountability. Like, yes. And there, Yang explained himself. And, of course... This is not to imply that the FPA is in any ways a fair, in its current form anyways, or at the time was a fair or just system. Of course, if they really wanted to imprison a- a- and you know, Yang Wenli, they could have. But the veneer of a legal precedent like allowed Yang to show up there unarmed and make the reasonable assumption that while the FPA leadership would pull some ratchet shit, they could not pull off the kind of ratchet shit that the Empire could pull off, right? Like, they could not just, at that point in the FPA's lifetime, they could not just, like, shoot him in a windowless room and toss his corpse into a ditch. Because that's ostensibly not what democracies do. Now, of course, by the time that Lenin Kampf is in power and the FPA has, you know, Labello is in charge, of course, yeah. then we see the FPA in a much more desperate situation. But at, t- at least during the period of the initial inquiry into Yang Wen Li, before the FPA's like dissolution, we see that like okay, in a democracy, when a military leader is questioned, what a military, what a good military leader does is show up for the hearing, right? Like he does not start a coup. He does not. He does not take up arms because he did not like the tone of his leaders, right? But in the Empire where like despite how much they say they are like you know they are um, they're like revising the way things are done and they're turning into a more progressive uh, Empire, it's still an autocracy and as a result it is still extremely personality driven and yeah. that means that like, Fuck legal – that means, like, to the Empire, forget about legal precedent. What really matters here is personal pride. And the problem is that Reutel and Reinhardt both have unbelievable amounts of personal pride. Yes. And the military power to, like, try to enforce that pride. Yeah, yeah. And, and so the word I almost want to use with the Empire is that these episodes make me feel like there's almost a latent undercurrent of entitlement. That operates underneath the foundation of the entire empire. Like, when I say entitlement, I mean, I mean, Reuthal saying, it's not fair that I'm accused of treason. I, I don't deserve this. Like, it's not I don't, my fault. I, don't, I shouldn't
1: have to apologize.
0: Right. I didn't do it. And then on Reinhardt's, yeah, and then on Reinhardt's side, it's like, it's not fair that I should have to go open, like, empty handed to Reuthal. My admiral is dead. I'm the one in charge. It's, again, they can act like this because autocracies allow for these kind of personalities to not only act, but prosper in the political stage. Uh, a general who acted like this in a democracy would, well, okay, in a an in ideal functioning liberal democracy, no military leader would ever be allowed to act like this because the legal precedent Says that military leadership cannot act like this. And it is those checks and balances that theoretically allow the preservation of democracy, whereas autocracy is so personality driven, like yeah. that in many ways, you know, obviously it's mainly because of Lang and Rubinsky's interference, but also the fact of the matter is that. It's also Ruenthal and Reinhardt's fault that this war is happening the way it is. Either one of them could have backed down, but the personalities do not allow them to do so. Right, like, this is the, this is the part of the 7-Eleven analogy where now uh, Reinhardt and Ruenthal are getting into their souped-up cars and playing a game of chicken, and... Mm. All they had to do to prevent this car crash... Oh, and by the way, Mittermeier is in between the two cars. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) No, guys! Mittermeier Mittermeier ran between the two cars. He's got his hands outstretched, and he's like, Wait, guys, stop! And both Reinhardt and Reinhardt are like, Oh, shit, I don't want to hit Mittermeier, but...
1: (laughs) I refuse to back down.
0: And all they had to do to stop this is for one of them just to... Eat their pride for a little bit. But they can't, and they won't. And now these forty thousand ships and five million soldiers, how many of them are going to die for this pride? But yeah, so with that, we kinda we finally round into episode 95, where uh Grilpalser meets with Royanthal after the Uravasi uh, uh, inspection.
1: Uh, yeah, um Admiral Grillpalzer, who uh Has finished his investigation at Urvasi, shows up to, uh, swear his allegiance to Roenthal's cause.
0: Yeah, he, uh, Grillposer's like, yeah, you know what? I looked at the things going on here, and I'm like, I think I can, uh, I think I can climb up this ladder higher if I team up with you. And Roenthal seems awfully quick to trust, but Roenthal rationalizes it to Bergengrund that, well men who are as bald-faced about their ambitions as men like Grillpalser are pretty easy to, like, control because they're driven purely by ambition. Mm -hmm. But, of course, since we know that maybe Grillpalser is playing a longer game here, turns out that maybe Runnithal himself might be getting taken for a ride. Yeah, and uh, Uh, Grillpalser essentially just asks that he wants to become Chief Minister of Military Affairs if they win the the war. And that he will also... um, uh, we, oh, he, will also, yeah, he will also, also meet with and convince Napstein to join because Napstein has refused and is currently being placed under house arrest. So, griphauser meets with Napstein and uh, he claims that actually he's a double agent that he is planning <laughs> to play both sides of this. He uh, he tells Napstein that look, how did Roenthal and Mittermeier rise through the, through the ranks so quickly? It's because they fought in wars and they won fights. Mm-hmm. And this is remember, this is echoing back to an old conversation that these two actually had all the way back in I think it was like season two or three. Where yes, I think where Grillpaws and Navstein talk about how with this war coming to a close, we are losing our chances for glory. Yeah. And it it, it kind of casts their actions in this show to an interesting light because we need to remember like Palser gets dunked on pretty hard by Bittenfield during his like last stand, and how much of that is Grillpaulzer like being too gung ho to try and win glory because he knows that like because he's an admiral. He how do yeah. admirals how, how do military leadership gain ranks? They they gain ranks in wartime, and so how much of that was like his deficiencies as a tactician versus his own like subconscious desperation to. Like win Reinhardt's favor in the few like available wars they have left. Yeah, and so how much of this is Grillpaulzer trying to convince Napstein that hey, this is our last this is, this is our big chance to, like make it like to to win big in our careers, but because we also know that Grillpaulzer has, if he is not an Earth cult agent, then he is like at least shady, shady to some degree, so it's hard to tell how much of this, like, how much of this is also him playing Napstein, you know, versus uh, his own ambitions. Napstein doesn't
1: want to sign up with Roenthal. He wants to stay loyal to the Kaiser, and so Groepholzer basically says, we'll pretend we're with Roenthal, and uh, just, uh,
0: you know. We'll, like, shoot him in the back at the last second and earn Reinhardt's favor. In the end. Yes, yes, which, I don't know, those guys know Reinhardt very well, but I feel like Reinhardt is one of those people that does not take well to traitors, even when it benefits him, right. just saying, but, uh, only if he asks yeah, for, yeah, again, only okay if Reinhardt, Reinhardt asks for, yes, if Reinhardt asks you to betray first, then yes, you're in the good. But um, yep. And uh, just saying, this this is the this is the kind of this is the kind of plan that if you told the Bittenfield, we would post that screen cap of Bittenfield saying, "Don't you ever bring that bullshit up to me ever again." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yes. Yeah, so and uh, with that taken care of, we also find out that uh, meets with Alzheimer, yes, who is a uh, Lutz's sister's husband, yes,
1: who uh, basically says, "I'm not gonna cooperate with you." And uh, I can't side with you in any way until some the matter of Lutz's death is resolved in a satisfactory manner.
0: Yes, and uh, Rointhol being pretty fair here. I mean, how much of this is Rointhol playing the PR game versus actually what Rointhol believes as a person? Right. But regardless, the result is same. You know, the end result is the same. Rointhol writes a letter exonerating Elsheimer, saying that Elsheimer played no part in the rebellion. And Roentel himself actually muses that, like, why did I write this the- letter? That means I'm gonna lose, right? Yeah, like, that's the thing. It's like, Roenthal's like, wait, that's a that's a letter to losers right? Like, if I win this, I don't need to exonerate Alzheimer. Like, am I? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Ro- comes to this like canny intuition of perhaps the inevitability of this conflict and the way this show's going. He's like, wait, am I fated to lose this fight? <laughs> it's like. Uh. Oh, Roenthal. <laughs> but, yep. uh, but, but, yes, so uh, after that, finally, it's. I guess the news kind of gets to. uh, He basically makes the rebellion official. And mm. that news kind of reaches the admirals. There's a good bit here where Bittenfield is basically like, oh, shucks, why would Roenthal do such a thing? <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. Um,. Once again, they all they all muse at, you know, if only Siegfried eyes were here, yeah. If only could this rebellion have been avoided. <laughs> and I mean, I think the answer there is obviously the yes, because I. think, yeah. But you know, and uh, speaking of Siegfried Kirkyeyes, we see that Mueller is being awarded. The, like, Siegfried eyes <laughs> Medal Kirk- of Honor or whatever. Yeah, it's like Medal of Valor or something to Mueller for his uh, actions in saving Reinhardt's life. Um, Mueller responds to those Mueller-ass statement in the world where he refuses, or he accepts the medal, but he refuses the promotion right. because he believes looks that Lutz looks- truly deserves the promotion. Yes, yes. Instead... Mueller does, uh, pulls a Mittermeier and instead begs for something else. And what he asks for is uh, for Reinhardt to spare Royenthal. And Reinhardt... having a Redheart was like, what you two, all of you people? It's not my fault, God damn it! It's not my fault. If 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 you all like Roenthal so much, well, why don't you just go team up with him instead? Yep, take I'm up just, with him. Redheart and Roenthal yep. are just both human disasters in the most, like in the most entertaining way possible, but in a way that will be inevitably the most tragic for the good of this galaxy. Just yeah. And, Reinhardt uh, hears none of it. Mueller wishes, uh, I wish Hilda were here. Yes, yes. Yeah, add, add that to the, like, I wish X were here right now. If only Hilda and Dorf were here, maybe we could talk some reason to Reinhardt. Yep. But, and, uh, uh,
1: we also are informed that, uh, 12, about 12,000 ships, led by High Admiral Mecklinger, have, yes. uh, launched towards the Ezerloin Corridor. Yes, yes. Reinhard basically says I wonder how Youngmin Lee would have reacted to this. Make sure that uh you know if <clears throat> if alone dares to interfere with this if they dare to like sign up with with Reinhard, it's a perfect
0: excuse to finally take them down. Yes, yes. Reinhard essentially says we will find out the quality of Yang's protege by how they choose Ooh. to respond to this. Will Julian to be a myopic schemer? <laughs> or does he know how to play the long game, essentially? And so, speaking of Ezerlone, in the first time in these three episodes, we finally return to the Ezerlone Republic, where we find out Ruinthal has actually sent his own envoy to Ezerlone in the form of none other than one Murai. Oh, yeah, Murai. With that, yeah, like Mariah, now that he, it now that is he's uh,
1: not in a like uniform. His full Phoenix right hair is on
0: display. Yes, Mariah kind of rocking his like, yeah, Mariah rocking his Ace Attorney prosecutor look pretty well yeah. here. Like he's got a nice suit and and all. Like it's so Mariah weird seems to be, to be a
1: him not in uniform.
0: Yeah, I mean it's always weird to see any of these guys not in uniform. Like like brief brief tangent, but I will say maybe that's a thing I can appreciate slightly more about uh, DNT is I feel like we see Yang and the rest of the FPA guys in like their civilian outfits a little bit more often. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like in the original FPA, Yang was in military uniform 24 seven. I did not know if that man even owned like a sweater until he quote unquote, you know, he temporarily retired during <laughs> season three, but like, I can appreciate seeing them in their civilian clothes more often just to remind you, Hey, these are, these, these guys are more than just military dudes, but, uh, yeah, Mariah is there. Roynthal picked Mariah to deliver the message to, 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 uh, to the Israel Republic and tells Julian about Roynthal's offer. And, you know, Julian kind of muses, you know, he kind of, he kind of, he kind of, uh, thinks about it a bit, you know, he kind of, he kind of stews on it. Like just, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a nice offer. It is a good offer, right? Like like if Reinthold succeeds, like Julian would go down in history as the man who saved the FPA, right? right? Like they would uh, they would catch Job Trunite. And like remember, Julian gave himself two goals. He said he gave himself two selfish goals, right? The uh the 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 honoring and like furthering of Yang's legacy in in the name of, like, saving liberal democracy as a political concept in the galaxy. And his second, more selfish goal was Gang the event. absolute and complete destruction of those who killed Yang Wenli. And one of those people was indirectly job-truded. Mm-hmm. And getting their hands on that dude would be very satisfying. But uh, Julian also thinks about the legal precedent. Right, he basically of... he basically says,
1: if Roenthal's going to rebel and wants to claim that it's political pl- cl- wants to claim a political legitimacy for his rebellion, he's either going to have to find Erwin Yosef II and the bungling poet and yes. uh, claim that he's reviving the Golden Bound dynasty yes. or he's going to have to claim that he's reviving the FPA uh, which is <laughs> ridiculous for his situation but if he's trying to do this within the boundaries of the existing empire, that would make it an internal power struggle that the, that the Eastern Republic should not get involved in.
0: Yes. Also, I just want to say real quick, just to to address it, we know that Landsberg is the bungling poet and Flagel is the idiot with the bowl cut. Yes. Just, I know we have mixed those two up in the past. We just want to make sure everybody knows that we know <laughs> that Landsberg is the bungling poet. And yes, we all wish to see him on screen again. <laughs> bring back Schumacher. Uh, yes, bring back, bring back the Landsberg Schumacher guy, Den, please.
1: <laughs> uh, um, yep. And <clears throat> everyone's like, "Yeah, you're right." But what about Jeff Chernick's head?
0: Right? That How satisfying great. would it be? Mm-hmm. But. Uh, yeah they, they basically come to the conclusion that as tempting as it is like because of how weak of a position the Israeli Republic is in it, it is so tempting to take this because right I, I think they know it and Rethhal knows it right like they will never get a good a deal this good ever again. like for the rest of Julian's lifetime, they will never get a deal this good like but that's the thing it is also too good of a deal, too good to believe like right. like yes, of course, if Reithal won, if Roenthal toppled the Lohengrom dynasty and took over the the, the Empire, Roenthal would probably honor his word. Because, um, probably? Probably. Because, I mean, look, I would not rate Roenthal the highest on the honorable scale, but in terms of, like, being true to his word, I would say if Roenthal promise promises you something, he'd probably, you know, make good on it. But if it fails, it would be the complete and utter absolute destruction of the Israelite Republic, yeah. and so the cost of failure is also too high.
1: Uh, There's a, f- um, there was a f- quick phrase here I liked a lot. Oh, they describe Royenthal as having picaresque metal.
0: Yes, <laughs> which is man. I don't know if I've ever seen that word show up at a p- in a in, in an anime. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, hell, I feel like I only learned about that word, like, six like, months ago, so... Like, <laughs> when, like, Persona 5 came out. Yes, yes, essentially. <laughs> uh, but, um... Also, also one quick thing I want to point out, because it's very funny and it doesn't matter that much, but, uh... When Mirai shows up initially at Ezerlo... E- That's load, right! Uh, yeah. immediately ducks out. <laughs> oh, no, I can't deal with this
1: square.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, this... <laughs> Poplin just immediately bails. Like he doesn't. He's like, eh, I don't want to get chewed out by Mirai, So <laughs> just, oh, Poplin, uh, Poplin, you fucking of uh, shit. Yep. Uh, and, uh, but speaking of Poplin being very good, um Shenkop shows up, uh, kind of kind of stops Julian in the hallway, and Julian's like, what do you want, Shenkop? And Shenkop's like, okay.
1: Picture now
0: here we go. Like, it's, it, it's ridiculous that Sheikop even suggests this, but... Yes. Alright, like, like, Yes, yes, Sheikop is like, alright, hear me out. What if... What if I go back to Heinison with Mirai and I kidnap Roenthal and assassinate Job Trunit? Just what if? And, and also I'm holding an axe. It'll <laughs> be really it- cool. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, and Julian, like, basically has the same reaction that we do of, like, what are you...
1: <laughs>
0: are you even uh-huh. real right now? <laughs> like, right. And also, there's a part I'm, of you that's I'm, I'm like... You I want in on this. I want in on this, too. And Poplin jumps in and is like, hell yeah, that sounds more fun than what we're currently doing at Is it Alone. <laughs> and I'm just like... Oh, there's I a part you. of you... Yes. Like, there's a part of you that's, like, exasperated... But there's also a party that's like, I mean, if anyone could pull it off, <laughs> yeah, would it be would it be Walter Schenkop and Olivier Poplin? I mean, uh, I, I don't know. Throw Throw Louis Machengo in there. Oh, hell yeah! Like, I think the three of them could pull it off. They could I think, probably. I think if those three were sent, if those guys, if those three I'm were sent throwing to throwing or, ability, yeah, if those three were sent to Heineson... um. You know, Weapon Procurement OSP. I I think maybe those three could pull it off. I mean, I don't know if they'd be able to survive getting back to alone mm-hmm. to but I think if, if the goal was just to end the lives of Roythal and Job Trunix, I mean... Yeah. I mean, Roythal's a pretty damn good fighter. We know this, but he was only going 1v1 against Shenkop, and Shenkop had a time constraint, but against... Uh, you know, against Walter Shenkop, you know, leader of the Rosen Ritter. Um, Louis Mashenko, the strength of ten men and his pillar throwing, uh-huh. and Olivier Poplin, uh, modern Renaissance thousands. man.
1: Yeah. Yes. Modern Renaissance man to rival the, <laughs> rival that of
0: of Admiral Mecklinger. Yes, yes. I, I'm just saying maybe. But yeah, speaking of Mecklinger, then we find out that uh right. well, Julian puts his foot down by the way, and yes. does not oh, allow yes. Poplin to go on this. Yes, yes. Julian creeps. yes And uh, is then informed that, oh, uh, by the way, uh, Mecklinger is on the phone. And in the greatest blue balling this show has ever committed, it teases us with Mecklinger and then pulls Mecklinger and Julian in the same room. I'm so excited. Oh, wait. (laughs) We are are told that in Legend of the Galactic Heroes, the universe, Mecklinger and Julian met in the same room and had a conversation with each other. And we don't get to see it. It's <laughs> we'll see it next episode. I'm not counting on it, but I mean, I'm, not, I'm not counting. I'm not counting it out yet. But the show continues to deny us. What if, our, what if
1: we just want Mecklinger
0: over here? We just want Mecklinger back on screen. I don't. Why I don't understand Mecklinger. I don't understand why this show keeps denying us our rightful Mecklinger screen time. <laughs> but they do. We return uh-huh. back to Mittermeier where um we are, or not to Mittermeier, we return to rointhal where rointhal is, is informed that Mittermeier is on the phone yep. and wants to speak to rointhal directly. Mm-hmm. And uh, Reinthal takes it in his office. And, you know, Mittermeier is basically like, Do I we mean, have to... <laughs> Yes, yeah, same thing he said to Reinhardt. Like, worked, man. Yeah, like Mittermeier is like, please, man, like. I hopefully is out here. This is like my last chance. Just we don't got to do this. We really don't just just talk to just talk to Reinhardt. I'll vouch for you, man. I'll vouch for you for, like I've always have. I'm your bro. I got your back. I'm your man. Like just. Yeah. Lang's got to
1: do this. We're moving forward. Lang's been detained. It's fine. I promise I'll do
0: everything. Yes. And Roythal leads off with his brand of bullshit of, like, was I not put on this earth to fight the Kaiser and okay. gain some satisfaction from it? And is like, you are being ridiculous, Roenthal. Like, I know you're not always like this. I know you can be reasonable. And uh, you, are, you are drunk with blood-colored dreams. Yep. <laughs> and Roenthal's and, just being yeah. so dramatic. Roenthal, you know? I think
1: Roenthal does basically, like we get uh, some inner monologue where he basically says he realized years ago that what the, what Reinhard really truly wants in his heart is to always be fighting a powerful enemy. Yes. And that on some level he feels this is something he, something he could fulfill. Uh, I, I mean, yes. In the- yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. And that, uh, he basically starts, uh, instead of like telling this to Miramire, which could potentially help defuse the situation. He, like, knows exactly what to say to kind of push Mittermeier into the corner of having to fight
0: Roenthal. Yes, he basically goads Mittermeier. Like, in many ways, this speaks to, like, (sighs) Roenthal... Here's the thing. Mittermeier is Roenthal's best friend, and I think I truly believe that Roenthal is also Mittermeier's best friend. Like they truly care for each other, and and anyways, this is Roenthal doing the classic, like, anime JRPG thing of, like, I never cared about you. Right, right, like, he's, like, trying to, like, he's trying to push Mittermeier away, like, emotionally, he's he's essentially trying to give Mittermeier the emotional conviction he needs to fight Roenthal, like, fairly, 1v1, you know, Mm. with all of his conviction, and he does this by saying, by saying, you know, Mittermeier, you could join with me, we could, like, Rule the Empire as co-emperors. Think Dude, about it, man. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, because he knows Mittermeier would never actually take that deal. Like, yes. he knows that. But he says it because he hopes he can, like, you know, it, not infuriate, but, like, you know, exasperate Mittermeier to the point that he gives up on trying to convince Roythal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it's, it it's just... It works, and it's, it's sad. Like, it's really sad that, like, this is kind of the last... Heart to heart, these two will probably ever have in this show. You know, I mean, yeah. we all remember with a narrator so ominously concluded, yeah. like <laughs> last, last season, the drink like mm. yes, and you know, it's 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 <laughs> Roenthal has never been a good person, but mm. I really do. You know, it really speaks to how what what a great job they've done of fleshing these characters out. That this really does feel like a deeply tragic moment here, where. Yeah, these individuals are all they're all like so drawn into the web of history, the web of like their personalities and the way that causality works both for and against them that like even if it isn't actually inevitable, it feels inevitable like yeah. in, in, in their heart of hearts, they feel like there was no other way than the path that they are now taking. And, you know, kind of with that, yep. Roenthal hangs up on Mittermeier. <laughs> Mittermeier, Mittermeier scream. screams dramatically again and uh, smashes his uh, his like video phone monitor with his fist. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mittermeier also getting lots of ridiculous, overly dramatic moments in these yeah. three
1: episodes. <laughs> He's earned them.
0: He has. And
1: uh yeah. <laughs> the narrator notes the, uh, that even in against Mittermeyer's like wishes, like he feels guilty that uh the tactician side of him is calmly dis- discerning Roenthal's weaknesses as a commander and how to exploit them.
0: Yes. And uh that the uh the fight has been set up. Yeah. Mittermeier versus Roenthal, A fight that, you know, I don't think we would have suspected was inevitable say back in season one but i think on some like instinctual level perhaps like a part of all our brains recognize that this was a fight that my one show you know they set up rointhal as a potential like
1: match for reinhard yes early on i think i I, I would set up we knew
0: Yeah, I I, I meant specifically like Mittermeier versus Roenthal. It was a fight that like, like in many ways, it's like, I mean, like setting that up, you know, like if
1: we, I think we knew at that point, if Roenthal ever came into conflict with Reinhardt, he would also end up
0: coming into conflict with Mittermeier. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, in in many ways, it feels like, you know, in a good anime, when they introduce two characters who are good at fighting, (laughs) and even if they're on the same side, you know, someday they will fight each other. Like they, they have to because that's that's how this shit works. Like the audience needs to see that fight. It's and it's interesting because I think in many ways, like I think it, it kind of reminds me, like you know, I I, th- I feel like we don't watch Legend of the Galactic Heroes just for the fights. I think we all love the fights, but they're not you know what what bring us here. But I think there'll always be like a tone of disappointment with Yang Wen Li that. We never got to see him one v one against like <laughs> the really special people in the empire, right? Like right. he dunks on Wallen, he dunks on Lutz, he dunks on Kemp, but we never got to see him go one v one, like purely one v one, no, like no outside forces against Mittermeier or Roenthal, right? Like, yeah.
1: well, every Roenthal, time he f-
0: Roenthal tried to get easier on that one time, yes, and you know, fucking Yang, let him have it, like. I, I, the idea is that, like, we never got to see, like, we never got to see Yang beat Reinhardt's best other than Reinhardt himself, right? Like, Yang never fights Kirky Eyes. He never fights, you know, the Twin Stars. Like, because every time Yang fights the Empire at their best, he's fighting against Reinhardt. And as a result, Minnermy and kind of gets sidelined during those fights. Like, they're still contributing, obviously, but, like, it's clearly meant to be framed as Yang versus Reinhardt. There's a part of us, I think, that will always dream and wonder, like, you know, how how would a fight go between, like, mm-hmm. Yang and and Royethal, right? Like, what are the things that they would, like, it, without any outside interference, like, how would they play against each other? Like, what are the things, because we know how Yang dunks on a guy like Bittenfield, but, you know, how does Yang dunk on somebody who is closer to his, like, tactical equal, you know? Yeah and so i think in many ways like as tragic as i think this these coming episodes are about to be i suspect that also this is a little bit of legend of the galactic heroes indulging us in our you know in everybody's kind of personal subconscious warmonger who's like you kind of want to see him in fight because <laughs> you're generally curious like how does it go right yeah. like i think like, uh, who wins yeah
1: we're getting into speculation of the next two territory at this point, but, uh,
0: yes, yes. I mean, I was doing that on purpose because, oh, yeah. you know,
1: I, I, I did want to get
0: to it a little bit. I basically you know, f- but
1: figure if right. Re- okay. The rules of like a narrative say, Roenthal was going to have to defeat Mittermeier so he can actually battle Reinhard. Um, yes, I don't think Roenthal will like deal a killing blow to Mittermeier. Uh, I think, I mean, because of the scene with Meirmer and his wife, I think Meirmer is hella dead, but I don't think Roenthal will pull the final trigger. I think it's, I would agree with that. I think it's fairly likely that, say, Roenthal will have as mercy and decline to finish him off, which will leave an opening for for someone like, say, Grillpalser to do it.
0: Yes, yes. Somebody who's like, like Grill Palser, who is either an Earth Cult's agent, and is trying to sow chaos, or is trying to like win personal or, glory for uh, himself. if
1: Grill Palser is going to be real smart, he'll... Uh, if Okay, if Grill Palser is... Yeah, if Grill Palser is probably really smart, he'll get Knapstein to do it. Oh, yeah, take the heat. Neither Royenthal nor Reinhard really want to see Bittermeier die. So- yes. <laughs>
0: So, so yes like, let somebody Cody, Cody to doing that would be yes, uh, yes have a fall guy do it yes yeah. I mean I think that's the thing right is yeah as you said ero the the, the the rules of narrative demand that unf- you know in the, in the same way that like in a good shonen you know that oh this character has to lose the fight because the fight we really want to see is you know these two fighting and so as a result this guy in the middle who we all like has to lose but so, I think I do agree. Like, I think Roenthal will probably be, beat Mittermeier because they need to fight because Reinhardt and Roenthal need to face off against each other. But yeah, I, I guess that's the thing. Like, I think, I think, I honestly, I think that your, your, your theory kind of holds a lot of weight. I, I would like, I'm trying to think of like what else might happen instead of that. And I think that your theory is very likely because. If you think about like what Legend of the Galactic Heroes has done in the past in terms of storytelling, mm-hmm. it would be very fitting if Roenthal beats Mittermeier, lets Mittermeier retreat, uh, Grilpauser, Napstein, or some other like overeager like junior officer jumps the gun, pulls the trigger, kills Mittermeier. Right? Yeah. Then, as we've seen before with Legend of the Galactic Heroes, often the decisions that people make or the choices people make are not are not. Are not decided just by their own personal feelings on the matter, but also by the politics that surround them. So imagine, yeah, Grill like, you're right, maybe he'll go to somebody else, but for now, we'll just say, use this example. Grill Palser kills uh, uh, Mittermeier, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the way Legend of Galactic Heroes has done its storytelling in the past, you could see a situation where then to add to the tragedy, Roythal has to take credit for it. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, think about actually, it. Yeah. If if a subordinate acts out against Roenthal's orders, that actually reflects poorly on his leadership. It does, yeah. And then that actually hurts his prestige as a leader. And that actually, and again, that means that Roenthal, despite the fact that he did not did not want to do that, might actually, by the very nature of society itself and culture itself, be forced to take ownership of Mittermeier's death, because it is better for the society to see him as a monster with conviction than a leader with a poor handling on his subordinates. Like, right? it speaks to, like, the monstrous ways in which society and culture push us into making choices that we don't agree with because it is, in some sick way, better for society to perceive us this way. Like, better to be seen as a monster than as, like somebody with like weak convictions and I could totally see something like that happening right yeah. like Royenthal like blaring on the video screens for all to see despite the fact that he hates it that yeah I killed Mittermeier so wh- what of it right because the real story of oh he couldn't even keep a lid on his own subordinates would actually make him seem even weaker by comparison and yeah I think I think that, I think this could happen. Like the more we say it out loud, the more I'm convinced <laughs> that this might actually be how it plays out. But the thing I love about Legend of Galactic Heroes is, you know what? They could play it totally different, right? Really? Like maybe maybe actually does kill Mittermeier. Maybe maybe Mittermeier wins somehow, but who could say, right? Like this show has mm-hmm. always done a good job of keeping us on our toes. So I never want to become yeah. too committed to a theory uh, because Klinger's fleet still has a part to play, probably. Yeah, yeah, we are told that they pass through Iserloan, I think. Or, well, that they They're are about going to meet with Julian is all we know. Well, yes, it's hard It's hard to tell, like, if the next episode will, like, quote-unquote, jump back in time to show us that meeting, or if Mecklinger is just going to retroactively, or, you know, whatever, appear yeah. after and having then, passed through alone.
1: And we're pretty much certain that the Earth Cult was behind what happened to Ubervasi, uh... So they may still have a role to play in this battle, in the minutia of this battle.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, as always, even even when the number of players seems to be decreasing as the seasons go on... There were you know, so many I, players in the first place. That-, <laughs> that there are still interesting angles to be played here, right? Like, yeah. like, you know, somehow the show even found a way for the FPA to... Met, or not the FPA, the Easter Republic to play a part. I think that... It speaks to a really good understanding of of history on, mm-hmm. on, on the show's part that, like, even insignificant powers always have goal. an influence yeah. on offense. Yes, you know, in the same way that in the grand scheme of things of World War II, countries like Poland and Finland and Switzerland might have seemed insignificant in the greater schemes of World War II, but if you like look at like the individual events that conspire in those countries the choices that are made by their leaders and the you know it on the soil of those countries like there's always a part to be played in history like nobody like both for good and for for ill uh, nobody nobody is allowed to not play the game and <laughs> as a result everybody's contribution can be felt in interesting ways and i think with that uh we're gonna call this one a podcast so let's take care of the housekeeping um as always you can listen to the podcast and read the rest of our posts on the we are currently kind of in the way of doing our first look posts for the new season. So if you watch more anime than just uh, the legendary 1988 science fiction OVA, maybe check that out. I mean, DNT uh-huh. is airing right now, so, yeah. you know, you could always check that out. See, uh, watch young eat some French fries. Oh yeah. What content that uh, I crave. Yes. I, I think I, I saw a screenshot of that food truck and I think that, like, I forget exactly what it says, but I think in English, like, the four categories on that food truck yes. are, like, like, food, snack, beer, drink, yes, which is I'm very good. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I've I remember
0: that. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's very good to me. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, you can also follow us on, on Twitter at thegloryoblog.com. You can listen to... Uh, our podcasts on Podbean, Spotify, Google play everywhere else that most other places that podcasts are aggregated, um, watch and listen the to Pod heroes on high dive. Yes. And yes. Thank you for reminding me, uh, speaking of watching things, if, uh, listening to podcasts on YouTube is more your style. We also have it on YouTube. Um, Oh yes. And our sister podcasts, if you're interested in those, uh, including the Glorio chat where we talk about, you know, currently airing anime, And glorious King of the Kaiju, where our Glorio uh, UK correspondents kind of talk shop about uh, men in rubber suits. And I think with all of that, I think that's going to do it. So, as always, thank you all so much for listening. Iro. thank you for accompanying me on this journey. Uh, Thank you. And until next time, we will see you amongst the sea of stars.